0: Uniform ...for race days was a raw silk dress and matching coat, tailor-made to accommodate her unfeasibly large bosom, and non-patterned because patterns accentuated the mountains. Sensible court shoes, a spacious handbag to accommodate wallet, glasses, diary and binoculars, the outfit topped off with a matching beret, or in the summer, a silk turban-style hat. During the week, Grandma would wear a calf-length skirt with a plain-coloured polo-neck or cardigan. She never wore trousers. Once upon a time, she'd been a competent horsewoman, but she gave up riding when the side saddle was discarded. She refused to countenance the idea of riding astride and did not approve of women wearing jodhpurs. She didn't much approve of women full stop, especially women with ideas above their station. Grandma came from a family of statesmen, prime ministers and patriarchs. Her grandfather was the 17th Earl of Derby, but as the daughter of his daughter, she would inherit little more than a nice collection of jewellery and a strong sense of entitlement. Her childhood had been split between a townhouse in London, an estate at Knowsley on the outskirts of Liverpool, which is now Knowsley Safari Park, and a villa in the south of France. Her mother, Lady Victoria Stanley, had died in a hunting accident when Grandma was just seven years old. Perhaps that accounted for her lack of maternal instinct. None of the children got much attention, but the boys at least had the advantage of registering a presence. For the one girl in the lineup, early life was a losing battle. My mother had one staunch ally during her childhood years her father. Captain Peter Hastings could trace his lineage back to the House of Plantagenet, which included Henry V and Richard the Lionheart. Deep in that family tree was also a mysterious link to Robin Hood. As far as my family are concerned, Robin Hood is not a fictional figure. He was Robert, Earl of Huntingdon. He existed, and he still does, and not just in Hollywood films, but in the middle names of my uncles, every one of them is robin hood and uncle willie william edward robin hood is the 17th and current earl of huntingdon it's a title that is worth very little in material value there's no stately home and no land to go with it but it has a certain historical magic i suppose uncle willie my mother and their two brothers didn't see much of their parents nanny took care of their everyday needs and a nursery maid was ever present They got under the feet of Mrs Paddy, the cook, and mimicked Stampy, their butler. The household bristled with staff. The children, ate, played and slept in the east wing of the house. They were presented to their parents in the drawing room of the main house at exactly six o'clock every evening. William, Emma, Simon and John, in that order, all present and correct, all sent to bed. "'My grandfather is the reason that we lived at Parkhouse Stables in Kingsclere, "'a village on the Hampshire-Barkshire border. "'His uncle was a brewery magnate called Sir William Bass. "'Sir William had no children "'and was concerned that the Bass name was threatened with extinction. "'So he asked my grandfather if he'd consider adopting Bass into his own name. "'Grandma was appalled. "'I will not have any part of that common beer name,' she said. You can if you wish, but let it be your business. My grandfather duly changed his name by deed poll to Captain Peter Hastings Bass, and all of his children's surnames became Hastings Bass. My grandmother steadfastly remained Mrs Priscilla Hastings. Most people called her Mrs Hastings. A few close friends called her Pris. Two naughty nephews dropped the R and got away with it but woe betide anyone who called her Prissy. I am not Prissy, not to anyone. In return for the adoption of the name, my grandfather inherited the Bass family fortune on Sir William's death. In 1953, he used it to buy Park House stables and the surrounding 1,500 acres on the southern outskirts of Kingsclere. It had the benefit of downland turf on Cannonheath Down that had never in its history seen the blade of a plough. It was deep, lush, springy grass, perfect for gallops. There were 50 stables, on-site accommodation for the employees and a house big enough for an expanding family and domestic staff.